Here we go on a Tuesday. The Kilcoin Conversation coming to you tonight with a little bit of football, a little bit of hockey. It's our Pucks with Panger segment brought to you by Offenberg Hyundai. Darren Pang checking in from Seattle. He's there for the TNT broadcast. On a Wednesday night, we'll talk about the Blues' playoff chances. Remember, it was Doug Armstrong who, I would say probably accurately, but painted a rather bleak set of circumstances, saying there are seven spots taken in the West, meaning there's one spot left for teams like the Flames, the Blues, the Kraken, the Kings, all teams that the Blues are going to face over the next week. So Pucks with Panger is coming your way. Also, Dick Vermeil. Wanted to have him on the show just to talk football. I just like having Coach on. I don't care if it's the middle of the summer and we talk about baseball or talk about the wine business. I just love having Coach Vermeil on the show. But it's also fun because we're in the middle of the NFL playoffs. I wanted to get his take on Nick Sirianni, who's the Eagles coach, gets to a Super Bowl and loses in a game they arguably could have won. And then the next year things sort of fall apart for Philly. And Coach Vermeil still lives in the Philly area, so he's really tuned in. But the idea in the modern era that you would fire a coach who just went to the Super Bowl last year. Vermeil went to a Super Bowl and they lost, and he was a hero forever in Philly because the Eagles were always terrible. So we'll talk to Coach Vermeil about all of that, and I didn't realize when asking him to be on today that it's the anniversary of the catch, the Ricky Prohl catch, January 23rd. 2000 in the corner of the end zone. What a moment that was. So I'm sure we'll walk down memory lane with Coach Vermeil as well, who still continues to travel, does a ton of stuff. I want to say he was in St. Louis in the fall. Rockhurst University had him as a special speaker, and all of my friends and Rockhurst buddies said he was unbelievable. So he's still keeping real active. I want to say he's going to be 87 this summer. Still works on the, the farm, the ranch every day. Had a chance to go there a couple of years ago, and it's it's the real deal, man. He's got the John Deere. He's out there pulling logs around. And Anyway, looking forward to that. Hopefully you are as well. Coach Vermeil, Darren Pang on our show. Brendan Weesey joins me later. We'll talk about a number of different topics. I think I said last night we'd talk about Matt Carpenter. Never did, but he and Ben Fred were able to dig in on that. I'm still trying to do my my roster math for the Cardinals. How many pitchers do you keep? How many bench players do you have? And I'm not sure what that spot is that Matt Carpenter has. And if it's Alec Burleson's spot, well, then that's a mistake. And maybe they figured out already they're going to have 12 pitchers. So they'll have five spots on the bench. And you don't pinch hit as much. I mean, you don't really need to with the DH. But I want to figure this out because his spot on the roster is, let's just say, peculiar to say the least. Also going to talk some golf with Brendan about this. Nick Dunlap, who is the kid who won the PGA Tour event on Sunday, but is a student at the University of Alabama. It was kind of fun watching Nick Saban call into the broadcast. Nick Saban on the phone talking about Nick Dunlap, who's a Alabama golfer. Couldn't keep the $1.5 million in prize money, but now has a decision to make because he could go pro and start hitting the circuit. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I wonder what the NIL money is for a golfer. But I guess at that level, when you're winning on Sundays on network TV, probably a little different level when it comes to the uh, potential NIL money. So we mentioned the Blues are on the road. They're playing in Calgary tonight. We have Mizzou playing at College Station. My old buddy Buzz Williams, that team, they're down a little bit this year, the Aggies, but Mizzou is way down currently. Sitting at 0-5, Billigans play tomorrow. They're home to Davidson, and SLU is sitting at 1-4 in the A-10. 
I think the biggest sports question over the next few months locally, because nothing about the Cardinals will be decided, I guess the Blues could get in or get out of the playoffs in the next couple of months, but I think people are sort of, maybe I'm wrong, but I think people are sort of okay with it either way. But I think the biggest question is, what does SLU do with Travis Ford? This season's obviously going to be ugly. The loss total is going to be ugly. But do the Billikens have the stomach to make that move? Is it even the right move? I'm not I'm not there yet, and I understand people who are frustrated with the program. It's going to be eight years. And other than some 21 seasons, not a lot to show for it. So I understand the discussion, the debate. I just don't know where SLU is at. So to me, that is the most interesting topic over the next couple of months that will play out on the sports scene. Uh, NBA last night, Joel Embiid had 70. And I'm thinking of our guy Drew Hanlon who went to Webster Groves, was a really good high school basketball player, wrote a book on basketball drills, and is now, I don't even know what you'd call him, NBA consultant. We've had him on the show before. He flies around the country, works with Joel Embiid of the 76ers, works with Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, and he told us he gets paid whatever they feel like giving him. So he gets on a plane, and if Embiid says, yeah, I'm struggling with my free throws or if Tatum's like "Ah, I'm struggling with my jump shot whatever he goes works with them makes them better and then they pay him x amount and I would think these guys are pretty generous they're all making a lot of money but two of his guys last night had big nights Embiid scored 70 for the 76ers a franchise record then everybody said well wait a minute Will Will Chamberlain the 100 point night it was the Philadelphia Warriors but Tatum also had 39, didn't even register. Carl Anthony Towns scored 64 last night for Minnesota. How would you like to score 64? First of all, they lost the game. But you score 64 and nobody even notices because Embiid had 70, all of which had me thinking we need to get Drew Hanlon back on the show to talk about a couple of his uh, NBA clients that have been going off. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with Darren Pang a little bit later. The former Super Bowl champion, Dick Vermeil. It is time for Pucks with Panger, Darren Pang, the TNT broadcaster, and of course, with Chicago Blackhawks joining us on the line. He is in Seattle. He's got an off day before TNT has the broadcast on a Wednesday night. What does one Darren Pang do on an off day? Well, let me just go through it. Uh, breakfast in the morning. Um, I helped out with a buddy of mine in Toronto with a little radio show earlier. Um, and then, um, you know, I don't like to name drop because Robert De Niro told me never to do so. But I'm going to throw it at you anyway because Blues fans will love this and the relationships as a broadcaster with some of the great players of the Blues. I just got a text just prior to you calling and, uh, and getting on our award-winning show. Uh, with uh, Jaden Swizzle Schwartz, nice. and I'm going to go. I'm going to go meet him at his country club called Aldera, and with it being 52 degrees and sunny, I'm going to go play some golf this afternoon. Wow! Look at this guy <laughs> living the life. You know what? That is true, though. Like you're you're gone from the Blues. He's gone from the Blues. But even in five, ten, fifteen years, you got these guys like Schwartz. You're still buddies with him. That's just great. As you go around the league too, I'm sure you got a million of them. I, I think that's the best part of what we do. And, and I think for any young broadcasters, and I, I think uh, if you do it the right way and, you, you know, uh, you can have long-term relationships. It's not just about hockey. There's so many times, as you know, you're around the rink. Things are good. Things are bad. 
you keep things uh, even keeled and you and you just be a reliable person to to the guys, especially since they're younger than you are, which you know Schwartzy is. And but that group of St. Louis Blues players, including Schwartzy and T.J. Oshie, uh, David Perron, like you, you go down the list of guys. And I still keep in touch with them. Robbie Fabry, I keep in touch with. Just even if it's just in a supporting text or a phone call, saying, "Hey, I watched your game the other night. Great stuff." Or, or "Hey, things aren't going so well. Keep your head up, pal." You know, like I, I think that's kind of a responsibility as well. And I love it. I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, Schwartzy reaches out to me all the time, and he's just like, "Hey, you in town? You want to go meet for a beer?" Like he's he's just that kind of kid. I just. Love him to death, and it's just great to have the opportunity to get together with him and, and so many other the guys that uh, um, that uh, that I end up being around the league with. And so hopefully that can continue because that's the most fun that we have. And you can ask any of the broadcasts. You can ask Chaser. You, look at yourself. Look at any relationships you have over the years of, of being in St. Louis and covering the Blues and being able to go to a you know the Blues Hall of Fame and and and, and be a part of it. it it's the most fun in the world. That's what it's all about. I want to let you know how trusted I am, Panger. So it's Friday night at the Missouri Athletic Club. The Blues are having the Hall of Fame ceremonies. It's a who's who down there in the lobby before because there's Red Berenson, there's Chris Pronger, there's oh. Al McKinnis, there's Mike Liute, Gary Younger. It's just it's Bernie Federico. It's unbelievable. And some guy grabs my arm. He says, here, hold this. And it's Brett Hull <laughs> because Brett Hull is about to – he's got to do a segment with a little kid. Uh, for you know, for the blues video or something, and he hands me his drink, and I said, <laughs> "Like, how fitting is this?" And I said, "Brett, you may have picked the wrong guy." <laughs> he hands me hands me his Manhattan or whatever it was, but I was like, "Hey, I'm 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 really in when Brett Hull trusts me enough to hold on to his cocktail. That's big time." Yeah, he would he he certainly wouldn't trust me. It would be right. gone in no time. <laughs> I, and, and then I got you would love all these different little anecdotes. So Hull is talking to us, and I said, "Take us back to that period when you were here, uh, because the Cardinals were bad, NFL had left, and really the Blues were just running the town with Hull on." So he's like, "Oh man, it was great. It was great." He said, "You know what? I just texted Sonny Gray about this." I said, "The Cardinals pitcher that they just signed," and he said. Yeah, I know Sonny from Nashville. He said, I told him I'm still pretty connected if you need to go eat or golf. And I was like, well, is any of this about winning baseball games? <laughs> it's all like, he's like the social chairman, but he's connected to all these folks. And then Pronger is waiting in the wings. I'm talking to the great Red Berenson. And Red coached at Michigan and went to Michigan. And the news of the week, all this Jim Harbaugh stuff. And when Red was still coaching hockey. Harbaugh was coaching football. So I said, hey, do you know Jim Harbaugh at all? And he gives a great answer how his son went to Michigan with Harbaugh and all this stuff. So Pronger's waiting, and he comes over. He's like, okay, that Harbaugh question cost me about 30, 60 seconds of my life right there. And I said, come on. That was a great question, a great answer. But only Pronger can continue to be the uh, the sarcastic one at all times. And then, <laughs> and then Big Walt. I hope he'll never lose that, too. You know that. No, and then Big Walt is there. He comes over and goes, oh, Jesus, Marty's here. We got any accredited media members? <laughs> so it was it was a great night. And I'll tell you what, relationship-related, Oshie was there, which was so cool because he loves Walt and he loves the Blues, even though the Caps were in town for the next night. And that was just really cool. I know he's on the other side now, but seeing him, that speaks to the bond that you're talking about. Let me ask you a couple of hockey thoughts because Seattle is on this Blues road trip. Blues will see him Friday night. They were a playoff team a year ago. They're sort of middle of the pack-ish, kind of Blues-ish right now. What's going on with the Kraken? 
Yeah, losing four straight. They put a, put together a really good run for sure. Um, got some great goaltending from that Joey Decord. You know, I think it's been the kind of a great story this year, to be quite honest with you. Like guys like Connor Ingram, who's got five shutouts in, uh, in Arizona. And then you got Joey Decord, you know, his dad, a longtime goalie coach. It was a great story. Uh, they don't quite have the depth or maybe the tenacity that they had last year and get into the playoffs and, you know, an, an injury to a like a Jordan Everly was out for a little bit, and then you've got Jaden Schwartz was out, is still out, and you know those are significant players and difference makers. And I think that's what I found around the league, and even even here being in in Chicago, uh, a team that's still in such a rebuilding mode. I mean, it's not even close to them being a playoff team. But when they're in hockey games, you know, it's the elite of the elite that can make plays, and and if you can't make a play with pressure on you, you're not going to win games every game two to one. There's too many good teams in the league. So I think that's something. I think that's a little bit what uh, what Seattle's going through right now. Blues will also see Vancouver. They're going to be there Wednesday night. Hawks just played the Canucks yeah. on Tuesday. That is, that's the surprise of the league, isn't it? How good they are? Oh, they're they're fantastic. I mean, you know, they got. Let's face it, they got the the Jack Adams Award right now. He's the winner for me, and and so that's that's Rick Tockett. You've got. Possibly the the Norris Trophy winner Quinn Hughes. You've got possibly the Art Ross Trophy winner or winners. I mean, you could have a couple of them. Uh, I don't think the Rocket Richards in play because Austin Matthews looks like he's going to run away with that. But you still have Besser and Pedersen right there. I think they're in the top five. You got the Vesna Trophy for the top goaltender, and no one would argue with Thatcher Denko winning that. And then. You know, I mean, and then you got the President's Trophy, by the way, that's uh, in line. So I think there's there's a lot of great things happening with Rick Tockett. I had a chance to go out to dinner with him. He and Adam Foote, and Blues fans remember Adam Foote and how tough he was and mean, nasty defenseman, and he's on the staff there. Former Blue Mike Yo is on the staff. He runs the penalty kill, which has been outstanding. And, and the Sedin twins. You know what's amazing is a lot of the a lot of fans probably think, oh yeah, they're they're labeled assistant coaches, but they're on the ice every day. They it's, so it's not like they're just floating around. They're all in over there in Vancouver, so it's uh, it's pretty good. And and you know what? If Army ever wants to pack it in, I'll say Army, don't ever pack it in because Jimmy Rutherford's about eighty years old and he just got a three year extension, and they're giving him a boatload of money. <laughs> so just stay with it. Stay with it. <laughs> you well, well, you mentioned all those guys. You mentioned a lot of them were there. So what was missing? How did we not see this coming? And obviously, Tockett gets a ton of credit, but it seems like they were underachieving prior to this year. Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, last year, in fairness to Bruce Boudreaux, like he had a good run to begin with it. What three years ago, or and you know everybody was here. Here we go, Bruce. Here we go. You know, the whole fans were going crazy for Bruce, and then uh, you know his goalie got hurt. I mean, that's a big part of it. And right off the hop, he was using, you know, second, third, and fourth-tier goaltenders. And and uh, then they had a little bit of a discrepancy right there with J.T. Miller signing the big deal. Um, what are we going to do with this guy? Brock Besser's father passed away. He he was a shell of himself, and for good reason. Uh, then you had Pedersen that was in and out, and did he want to play with J.T. Miller? So I think what, what, what happened was Toff did kind of what Barubi did, what Chief did in, in, in 19, taking over for Mike Gill. And he just he just told everybody to check their egos at the door, and we're in this together. And if you don't like it, stare me in the face, and let's go. You know, basically. And that's Rick Tockett. I mean, he makes people accountable, but he makes them feel good. He works with young players, um, uh, doesn't lose entire patience with them, doesn't give up on them. But uh, I think he sets a, a good level of accountability to the younger players. 
And that, you know, all of that and a bag of chips, that is a good hockey team. Uh, that's, that's all I know right now. They, they played a game on Saturday against Toronto that was unbelievable. I mean, it was back and forth. It was 3 nothing. It was 3-3. It ended up being 6-4. But I think they showed the National Hockey League that their top players will go up against the other team's top players and, and, and get a W like you read about. It's Pucks with Panger, presented by Offenberg Hyundai. Darren Pang joining us from Seattle before he checks out and has a day of golf with the former Blue, Jaden Schwartz. Uh, it's interesting with Vancouver on this trip, Seattle on this trip, Blues are playing Calgary, then they come home against the Kings. If you look at the standings, those are all the teams kind of nearby. Armstrong told me on TV he only sees one open spot in the West. He said, I think seven are taken. Is is there a path for the Blues here to squeeze? It's going to be a slugfest if if his math is correct. Well, if his math is correct, which it, it generally is, because he's uh, he, he's actually amazing at uh, prognostication or predicting what teams uh, go high or what teams go low. But listen, for, to me, there's always a chance. It's up to the players to bring that together and 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 break it down into first ten game segments for me. And the ten, ten game segments, it, it, it can't be five and five. It can't. It can't even be five, four, and one. You've got to put a segment together of, of seven, three, and zero, oh, um, and put consistency together every single night. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. There's too many teams that they get on a big roll, Martin, and then they they can't sustain it. Like a team that the Edmonton Oilers haven't lost in what thirteen. You think they're going to go the next thirteen and not lose? Not a chance. Now, I'm not saying that the the Blues are going to catch the Edmonton Oilers or the Edmonton Oilers are going to catch the, you know, the Vancouver Canucks. But I, I'm just saying it's unrealistic to think that you can continue to go, you know, eight two and zero, eight two and zero, eight two and zero. It just doesn't happen anymore for some reason. So, but if you put together a a, a ten game segment of seven three and zero, then the next ten games you can't go four six and zero. Now you're out. You have to kind of balance that out with another seven, you know, seven three. And one, or that, 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 that's 11 games, so there's my math again. But, but you know what I mean. It, it's got to be above it once you put a good run in together. If, if you go on this road trip and you don't get any points, well, then you know maybe even that final, that last spot isn't even going to be achievable. Because the break's coming up, and everybody's going to be coming out of that break just on fire, as we all know. I was just doing some Canadian math. Seven, three, oh and one. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a ten game stretch there. How, how closely yeah. can you watch the Blues or keep track of the Blues? You check the box score standings, watch them when you can. How much are you aware of their season? Of course, I watch. I, I watch as many games as I possibly can. Now, being in the Central and our schedules kind of coincide a little bit, and that that's been the, the toughest part, uh, time wise. You know what I mean? But. Uh, but of course, I keep up with them all the time, and I'm still on a text thread with uh, with all the boys, and we're we're still smart asses as we always have with one another. And I noticed that uh, I noticed that the 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 big boy from Eureka is on the road trip doing some radio, yeah. so that that's pretty good. While Joe Vitale gets the chance on the TV side, which he has got a face for TV. Let's face it; there's no question about that. He sh- he should be on that TV side dominating that. Just ask him. Yes, you're right. Cam Jansen is uh, in the booth. My CBC cadet fellow alum, Joey V, on the TV side. Blues have a f- three-game trip out of West. Places Darren has either been or will be, Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary. Do you have a favorite city? And, and, and is it based on food and dining or golf or the venue, the arena? Do you have a couple of your top three? How about, I'm going to let you have a little liberty here. 
Wow. And like, are you talking about on this trip in Canada? Or well, no, just around? in general. Like when you want to go, if you say, oh, oh wow, I, I won't make you say, oh, crap, I got to go so-and-so. But are there a few? And like, oh, yeah. yes, next Tuesday I'm going to be in blank. Oh, I love being, I, I love a couple of Canadian cities. I love being in Montreal. Absolutely love it. Old Montreal, you can ask any anybody. The restaurants, the bars, the vibe, it's such an international flavor. Um, I love it there for sure. I love Vancouver. So I'll go from coast to coast here. Vancouver, there's nothing like it. Just walking the streets and the food and seeing the harbor. And there's a place that you can ask, you can ask Curbs and JK and our, the entire staff of the Blues. We go to a place called Cordero's. It's on the water. There's always this one guy. He's got the acoustic guitar. He's playing some Neil Young, some Pink Floyd. We hang out at that place uh, for hours and hours on end, as you well know, drinking water and, and uh, rehydrating. And it is, it's one of my, so that's one of my favorite places. Now, on the other side of it, I love going to Boston. Um, just walking around there, going to some of those old places and old restaurants in the North End, um, no doubt. But but then when it comes down to my passion for golf, well then going to you know then going to Florida, going to Arizona, um, California a little bit, but it's 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 not as easy to get around if we're downtown and get to, to get to golf courses. But um, I so I'd have to say Arizona for for and that's where I'm going to go for the break. As, as a matter of fact, twelve of us are going there to play some golf over at a great place called Whisper Rock. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a 36 holes a day for four days and uh, and take advantage of a little bit of a break and some sunshine. What will take more of a beating, his shoulder or his liver? Darren Pang with us. It's Pucks with Panger. <laughs> hey, have a great time with uh, Schwartzy as we record this. I know you'll be out there. By the time where this plays, you'll be out there on that golf course. But uh, have fun, and we'll look forward to the TNT broadcast Coming your way, folks, on Wednesday night. The one, the only, Darren Pang. Darren, thanks so much. Martin, thank you. Have a great day, pal. Thanks. Always love talking to Darren Pang. I think he's always in a good mood. I mean, he should be. He's got a great life, traveling around, getting paid a lot to cover hockey, talk about hockey. Always seems to be golfing or imbibing. So, you know what? He should be in a good mood. Why wouldn't he be? He travels all the time. Maybe he should call All Terror Travel. Get yourself all around this country or... The Globe. If you want to go international, got a plan, somewhere you've never been, and you're thinking, boy, I've always wanted to go, fill in the blank. Africa, Ireland, Europe, the Great Wall in China. I guarantee the folks at Altair Travel have somebody with the expertise to help plan that trip. It's been more than 40 years now as one of the largest full-service agencies in the region. And, of course, when you call there, just tell them what the plan is. Domestic? Sure. International? Okay. Wedding? Beach vacation, honeymoon, cruise, family get-together, adventure holidays, let them know. They've got the experts, 50-plus travel specialists on their roster. That's unbelievable. So when you call, you're going to get an expert to plan that trip. 968-9600. 314-968-9600. They're on the web. It's allterratravel.com. If you've never been on a cruise, They'll give you all the different options, places you want to go. They've all been there. That's the great thing. They can tell you where you want to stay, how you want to travel, want to set up an appointment, tell them you want to go to that beautiful meeting space called The Living Room. They're right there in Brentwood next to Obie Clark's. They've been there for years. Fulfill your travel dreams with All Terror Travel, 968-9600. And right now we're talking it over with the Hall of Famer, the Super Bowl champion, the one, the only, Dick Vermeil is on the line with us. I mentioned this at the outset of the show, Coach. 
I love talking to you any time of the year, but especially now the NFL playoffs are going on. So many great storylines and then also memories that happened here with the Rams and just fun to catch up with you. How are you and Carol doing? We're doing fine. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, we're, 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 we're very, very fortunate to be our age and not have any serious issues. We're fortunate. Isn't your motto to never stop moving, right? You lift weights or do cardio every yeah. day? Oh, yeah, I keep moving. Yeah. You know, I learned those lessons uh, growing up in Calistoga and watching all those farmers work hard, and, you know, 12-hour days and live to be 96 with a smile on their face. <laughs> well, if you're looking out the window there at the ranch in Pennsylvania, what, we got a foot of snow on there? You got snow everywhere? Yeah, it's melting. We're down to about four inches left. We had up to six to eight in our area, yeah. All right, well, you're going to get I away. Get you're you're going to get away for a little bit. Where are you headed? We're heading to Key West. Yeah, we'll head to Key West. We go down there every year and use our daughter second home, and it's uh, uh, you know rent is reasonable. So <laughs> off we go. <laughs> That's those kids finally paying off. Well, good for you. That's a great idea. I'm sure in the recent weeks and even over the next few weeks. You watch the football pretty closely, uh, and I'm curious too. In Philadelphia, it's so interesting. You got Nick Sirianni, who a year ago is sort of the boy wonder. They make it to the Super Bowl, could have won that game. They lose to your good friend Andy Reid, and then now this season the wheels came off, and they're asking the players, "Well, will the coach be fired?" It that never would have happened 40, 50 years ago, would it? That a team that makes the Super Bowl the next year makes the playoffs, and it's even a question whether the coach gets to stay. I know, you know, it's a it's a tough world out there in the NFL, and it's just, uh, of course, none of us have seen a team collapse like they collapsed. So you know, there's issues, and I'm sure they'll solve them. How closely do you follow it? With the, I mean, you you're probably not dialed into sports radio all day, but how much are you aware of the Philly banter? Oh, I'm very much aware of it. Yeah, I listen to the WIP in the morning, you know, and uh, those kind of shows, and they're very critical and wanted to fire him and all that kind of stuff, but. Yeah, that's how they make a living, you know. So uh, I stay out of that stuff. And, you know, having been there and done that, hell, they could have wanted to fire me in St. Louis after one or two years, too, you know. So, uh, and yet you got to give people a chance. Obviously, there's there's something wrong with the process for them to collapse like they did. You know, they beat six playoff teams, only lost to two. Then they lose to four non-playoff teams. You know, it's just it's uh, confusing. Yeah. And who can figure that out? If the if it happens on the coach's watch, is it the team president? Is the owner? Is it the GM? Who do you think can kind of look at that and say, oh, "Okay, here's what"? Because nobody else on the outside could figure it out. No, what normally normally there's something involved that's different than last year. Well, you know they lost both offensive and defensive yeah. coordinator. You know, one goes to uh, Colts and does a good job as it, he was the offensive coordinator. One goes to uh, where Arizona? No, was it no? Where? Yeah, they? Arizona. Oh, yep. Gannon, Gannon went oh, to Arizona. Arizona. Yep. Yeah, and did a good job. So there's now they're saying, well, you know, uh, they lost the coordinators and they did replace them uh, with quality people. But you know, I don't know. I've been there and done it, and uh, it's just it's just getting tougher. The evaluation process is getting tougher. When you lost the Super Bowl with the Eagles, and I was pretty young then, but I remember it being really celebrated because they never had been there. What do you remember in the yeah. wake of that? Weren't they really just thrilled to have it just made it? Yeah, you know, they still take, uh, talk about the NFC Championship when we beat Dallas here 
in, in Philadelphia to go to the Super Bowl. That was sort of like our Super Bowl. So that, that carried us through the Super Bowl loss. You know, I'd love to be able to go play that Super Bowl again. I made mistakes. We went in the game uh, with an injured wide receiver core, and, you know, I did things I, I would do differently today. But, yeah, you don't go back and do that. Fortunately, we got a chance to do it again in St. Louis. And it was 24 years ago today, the NFC Championship game. That was the one with the Buccaneers. We all remember the catch, the Ricky Prohl grab. What do you remember about that game? I look up that, I look up that picture every day. In fact, I was communicating with Ricky this week on that picture and this time of year. You bet. Uh, you oh. know, I, I think about how they shut us down offensively, which startled all of us. Remember? And yet our defense played so well we could still win the football game. And, you know, our defense has never been given credit for how well they played. My coaching staff, Peter Johnson, John Bunding, and Carl Harrison, those guys, Steve Brown, they did a wonderful job of coaching. And uh, But <laughs> it's all, and the credit always goes to the offense because it was spectacular. Mike Martz and those guys did a beautiful job of that scheme. And uh, I had a call on it today. They wanted to compare our, uh, our offense in 1999 with the offense in the San Francisco right now, the differences and those kinds of things. So, that season will never die in any of us. And that game was so tense because I think at that point, uh, maybe beyond St. Louis, but I think everyone sort of expected, hey, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Even though Tampa Bay, that's a tough out, I think people sort of expected that to happen. And then the game that played out the way it did, do you remember on the sideline, are you nervous? Are you thinking at all, oh, my God, we're not going to oh, yeah. get it done? Or what, what are the thoughts when it's happening? All those kind of thoughts pass through your mind. You, get, you erase them as quickly as you can because you're watching what's happening on the field, and every snap changes a thought. You know, so uh, but I remember being extremely concerned, yeah, and we all were. Mike was, you know, Al Saunders, Hannafin, my God, we were all concerned. But fortunately, our defense played super, and uh, you know, and you've got to give Tampa Bay credit. You know that that coach is in the Hall of Fame. You know, <laughs> Tony did a good job with that group, and there's guys off that defense that are in the Hall of Fame. You know. Oh, yeah, that's the Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, uh, Barber. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that was a loaded defense. In fact, Isaac Bruce had his event last fall, and Warren Sapp was the guest, and Sapp says he's still not over it. I think they still complain about the Burt Emanuel catch that was overruled or whatever. But yeah. that, and then how do you come off? Because it was only a week, which looking back, it, it stinks because the Super Bowl, you almost need that downtime to kind of celebrate the championship and then prepare for the big week there. You guys had a quick turnaround. Were you able even to enjoy it much, that game, that celebration? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was, it's not fair. How do you how do you organize family living on the West Coast to come to a game when you don't even know if you're going to go until Sunday night? Okay? <laughs> all, those, all those kind of things enter into it. And they haven't done it that way since, but they had to for different circumstances at that time. But it's not the way to go to the Super Bowl. It is not the way to go and we did it fortunately i didn't have enough time to screw them up so we won it <laughs> and then the week in atlanta it was just such awful weather maybe that helps because otherwise your players are probably going to want to go to every party that's going on it certainly cut into the fun and the festivities of the week but maybe secretly as a coach you're like hey even better we could just lock in on football well you know i didn't i didn't think that way you know uh both teams had the same circumstances to, to confront 
and uh, we were fortunate to win it. Uh, I often thought about Tennessee. Uh, if they had scored, you know, Jeff told me later, in fact, in St. Louis one time, he said, I would have gone for two. We <laughs> may not have gone in overtime. So, you know, uh, now, you know, it's going to be 25 years. There are people talking about a 25-year reunion celebration, too. It, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing what those guys did. You know, to come from the losingest team in football and three years later win the world championship was a credit to it, the whole organization. And I, I, I accept some of it, but I'll tell you, my staff was unbelievable. Dick Vermeil, our guest, the Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. You joked about it earlier. Hey, I could have been fired one of those years in St. Louis. But you had to famously convince John Shaw that you, the team would be better. But he wasn't. He wasn't looking to fire you, right? You were just kind of talking about why the team would be better, or were you? Did you have to kind of make the case to come back in '99? No, no, not at all. But uh, I, I remain positive about signs of improvement with him. And there were times he's a little critical, but he had right to be critical in question, you know. But he, he was very supportive. Jay Zygmunt was special, and you know, Charlie Army and John Beckler were the personnel. You look, you look at our drafts. <laughs> Two of them are going to be in the Hall of Fame, you know. Orlando's already there. Torrey Holt, sooner or later, they got to put him in, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and then Grant Wickstrom, how well he played for us. Uh, we were very, very fortunate. And uh, it's hard to duplicate what transpired at that, in those three years. It really is. In fact, today you can't do it because they don't allow you to work like we worked those first two years going into the third. You know, we never took pads off for two years. <laughs> now you're only allowed 14 days the whole season to wear pads. You know, you know, now you can't do the double days like we did. You can't, you know, you can't stay on the practice field three hours. You, they don't give you time to make a player that isn't quite good enough better. <laughs> so uh, I was very fortunate at that time to have no restrictions on what it takes to win. And didn't John Shaw say, oh, Dick, I've heard it all before. Don't tell me we're going to be good. Like he was, he had a little PTSD, right, because the Rams had been so bad. I brought him in a little offensive room there, put on some video, and said, look at these kids. I can't believe how much they improved. We're going to be a good football team. He says, Coach, don't tell me. I've been told that so many times. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, wait, you I about it when oh, go ahead. I said I tease him about it when we're together. Oh, that's great. And we saw him at your Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, it'll be two years this summer. It's two years almost the anniversary of Kurt Warner walking through the woods to your house to give you the news about the gold jacket. Yeah. Has life changed yeah. for you? I mean, how much did that – it doesn't define you. I know who you are as a person, but uh, what's the what have the last two years been like since that happened? Well, you sense a little – more as a person, a little more automatic respect, and that some people actually I've known for years. Uh, I think they're surprised that I was considered in that caliber. <laughs> you know, we're just friends. You know, just good people being good people, and they never put you in that category. And all of a sudden, the Hall of Fame put me in that category, and, and I think it raised it. I wore my gold jacket this morning. I did a help with a Ronald McDonald House charity downtown, which I've been involved with for 47 years. So I was down there and did the speaking engagement for them, and I had my gold jacket on. Yeah. 
Why? Because first off, uh, I was speaking in front of gold jacket people. They're giving money to help kids solve problems in health. And uh, anyway, uh, you just sort of sense they look at that gold jacket and say, oh, my God, that's what they look like. You know? <laughs> it gives you a good feeling, believe me. Does it get you any cachet around the house? As Carol said, I don't care that you got to go. You take out the trash. You bring in the logs. I'm, I'm wondering if it did it buy you any extra credit home. <laughs> not really. Not, <laughs> no, I don't think it's not one one point. I don't think so. You know, when you've been married sixty-eight years, <laughs> it takes a lot to influence. <laughs> how, how, how how often are you speaking? You may, I know you still you were in St. Louis for that Rockhurst event, and how often are you out on the circuit? You know, I like to. I don't get as many opportunities anymore. I, 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 I do a few. You know, I like to do. For some of them, play pay you more than you would ask for, and that's sort of nice. That's my hunting money, my wine money, <laughs> and uh, but I enjoy it. I enjoy sharing the thoughts that I, the things that I've learned from people, things I've learned from working with Mike and Al and Hanny and all those guys, and George Allen and Tommy Prothrow and John Ralston and Chuck Knox, and you put together a presentation. I enjoy doing it. I really do. It gives me a team to coach for an hour. This morning was 15 minutes, and uh, but I enjoy it. I turned down very few opportunities, and I'm deeply involved in different charities here in town that I've been involved with all my life, so, or since I've been in Philadelphia. So I do that, and it, it's I enjoy it. Have you counseled Tory Holt at all on the process? I know he's frustrated. It's year in, year out of being a finalist for the Hall of Fame. His numbers haven't changed. He just keeps getting close. Uh, have you given him advice to Tory? No, I, I just recently because I was going through – the best records in the history of the NFL, and Torrey Holt holds the record for uh, catching only three passes in a game uh, amounting to 189 yards. No one has ever done that. That's the most yards ever accumulated with three receptions. Wow. Okay. And I had, I had to tell him that. So I, I talked to him, you know, and, I, and then I, I called and gave that information to uh, the person that represents him in the voting. So... You know, you, you got to this year. God, there's other good receivers in it. You know, there's so many good players today. So I'm hoping he gets it sooner or later. He's going to get in, and uh, he deserves it. Uh, but you know, he's handled uh, he's handled not getting in really well. I, I know guys that thought they belonged in the Hall of Fame, and each year they didn't get in. They were ready to commit suicide and shoot all the guys that don't vote for him. They vote for him. So, Tori has never been that way. So I, I respect that. And didn't you draft him right after, well, did he come for one of those famous Carol spaghetti dinners, like during the draft interview process, nobody knew for sure who you no. were taking. Didn't he pass the Carol test no. before you drafted him? No, she didn't meet him before we got but uh, she would have liked him, and then she would have said, him. how could you not like Tori Holt? <laughs> how can you not be impressed? You know, when Al Saunders did a beautiful job coaching him as a rookie, and, you know, really, he was never a rookie. He just lined up and played like a veteran. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he was our leading receiver. Yeah, touchdown, touchdown the Super Bowl. Who, do, you, do you still root for Andy Reid in terms of local current teams? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do. And I have great admiration. And I said, maybe I told you before, Mark. When I came down all dressed in my suit to go to the gold jacket dinner two years ago, 
who's standing in the lobby waiting for me was Andy Reid. He flew in off the practice field, came in, congratulated me, got back on the plane, and flew back for practice the next day. How many guys do you know do that? Yeah, he's he's by all accounts the real deal. And in Philadelphia, he was great. They just never won the big one, yeah. and it's and now they can't stop being great. And can't. that's a fun team to watch, boy. I tell you, Andy's a great coach, but Patrick Mahomes could make a lot of guys look smart. That's a fun. Do you enjoy watching the Chiefs? Oh yeah, I do. I enjoy watching the Niners too. I enjoy watching Detroit. Both the Niners and Detroit have a nice blend within their offense of the old-fashioned running game and downhill and play-action passing and these kinds of things, and all of a sudden they're in a shotgun spread all over the field. Uh, There's almost nothing they don't do real well. That's why it's going to be a good game this weekend. Well, Coach, always great to hear your voice. Fun to catch up. You and Carol have a great time down in Key West. You deserve it, and uh, so much fun to catch up. Thank you. I appreciate it. You take care. Happy New Year. Love talking to Coach Vermeil. Really, a couple of my favorite people, Pang and Vermeil, on the same show. Hopefully now we're all in good spirits. There's no excuse if we're not. And if your furnace acts up, you know who to call. There's no excuse if you don't call AAA Home Services, an independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer, keeping St. Louis families comfortable for 54 years. Years And right now, the best time to get rebates on the new HVAC system. So if the furnace has been on the fritz, there's an old school term, and you know it's time to get a new HVAC unit, call AAA. Tap into those great rebates that are going on right now with American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Systems. Best time of the year to get the rebate right now. AAA Home Services at 636-397-3200. Or AAASTL.com. AAASTL.com for all your heating and cooling needs. It's one name. AAA Home Services, proud sponsor of all of our Mizzou coverage. And I love the fact when you call them, you might have a furnace that just needs repair. Okay, fine. Oh, by the way, our washer and dryer are not working. Same place. Fixes both. There's an electrical issue down in the hall there. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that light. Oh, okay, guess what? They do that as well. Plumbing. All at one spot. It's unbelievable. AAA Home Services for appliance repair, electrical, plumbing, and, of course, heating and cooling needs. It's AAASTL.com or call directly 636-397-3200. And we close it out, as we always do, with the sports director at KTRS. That's Brendan Weesey. He is alongside. And, Brendan, always fun to hear from people that are just genuinely upbeat people. Darren Pang, Coach Vermeil. Although I think Coach Vermeil had he was getting like fax machine <laughs> alerts on his cell phone. It's my fault because before we started, I said you got a landline there, and everybody that's eighty six or above has a landline. Probably, but yeah. We, but we said that oh, sounds pretty good. Oh, we'll just leave it. At, and then he was getting beeped in a few times. Maybe but, that was some info on Tory Holt's uh, oh, Hall yeah. of Fame candidacy. I told you he digs deep on numbers. He loves this sort of thing, and the fact that he had a stat that had yet to be unearthed about Torrey Holt. I love the fact that he called Torrey to tell him, you're the only one who's ever had three receptions for 189 yards. That's almost impossible to do. I want to go back and look that up. I don't know what game that would have been, but I'm going to find it because that is pretty crazy. Think about that. Three for one. Let's our CBC math here. That's 63 yards per catch. Pretty difficult to do, Jeez. and I, I think that underscores – Torrey Holt after that 99 season where he was he was certainly 
almost, you know, he was truly third fiddle behind Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce. And maybe, yeah, he was three. He was ahead of Ricky Prohl. And maybe even with, I mean, Oz Akeem had a big 1999. But I feel like Holt became almost 1A, 1B. It, it, it felt like Marshall... Isaac and Tory were were truly the thir- you know one third of what the passing attack became years later and and Holt stacks up as maybe the best receiver of the 2000s. So if we're trying to compare resumes against the other receivers on the ballot right now, Martin, which I believe are Andre Johnson and Reggie Wayne, I got to put Tory up there number one, and uh, I feel like Reggie Wayne gets a bit of an unfair boost because he played with Peyton Manning. That doesn't make you a Hall of Famer because you played with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, in fact, Torrey didn't after Kurt was kind of injury-riddled shortly after uh, after 2001. Holt's numbers remained the same or maybe even went up playing with Mark Bulger. So uh, Holt, I, I, I think it's his time to get in and represent, be that final representative of the greatest show on turf everyone else has gotten in so far. You mentioned guys like London Fletcher and Adam Timmerman. I don't know if they're quite uh, up to that level. Maybe Timmerman. Maybe Timmerman. Yeah, you hear those names mentioned every once in a while, and I think it's Coach Vermeil a few times who has said that. we got to get these other guys yeah, in. Yeah. I'm kind of in the crowd where not everybody can get in. Not everybody can be a Hall of Famer. Steelers of the 70s that won four Super Bowls. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, you won four Super Bowls. Almost everybody's going to get in yeah. at some point. If the Rams had won two or three, then, yeah, maybe some more of those names are getting right. in. It's plenty. It's well represented right now, but it is minus one key player. Uh, I also said at the outset, to me, the most interesting topic or conversation in the next few months is about Travis Ford. I realize Billiken basketball – He's not as big as Blues or even City, obviously Cardinals, you know, all of this stuff that's going on. But I think it's the most intriguing because I don't have a feel for it where they're leaning. I think there's a small percentage of the fans who are saying he's got to go. I don't think the Billikens and the, the faithful are thinking that. But I don't have a good read on it because if you just watch, the losses are going to just keep piling up and it's going to end up being a pretty ugly number at the end. They are. They just they don't mount a fight on the road. Wherever they go, it was VCU late last week that was an, another blowout. Hard to watch. Yeah. Really hard to watch. And I think one of the metrics to look at here, and I think it's one of the reasons why Desiree Reed-Francois let Conzo go when she did, because I think there's plenty of reason to say he deserves one more year. And I was one of those people that said, maybe, maybe one more. But one of the metrics, an easy metric was, what's what's the engagement level of the fan base? And the easiest way to find that out is look at the crowd and look at the attendance. And I don't think attendance is particularly strong right now at Chaffetz Arena. It's a great building. It's a building that it, it's the capacity is not that big. It doesn't take much to fill that building and get the excitement up. I think the attendance has been dwindling. And that's the first thing to look at and say, where where are we at in terms of attendance and how rapidly has it fallen over the last few years? That's a number I don't have, but if it indicates what I think it does, then I think that's maybe that's the first thing you look at to to make the determination because the results on the floor right now uh, they do speak for themselves, but there are arguments to make to to keep Travis around 
maybe one more year. But um, I, I think you have to look at the attendance right now and, 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 and see that it's not very strong. No, I think for sure you look, a lot of empty seats, and I think the worst thing when you're an AD is ambivalence. And if there's a small percentage, it's always going to be mad. Even if you're good, they're mad. If you're struggling, they're mad. And I understand a lot of the Billiken fan, this, I'll call it a small group out there, I understand their frustration. Totally. You, you want your program to be more like, Creighton or Marquette or these, you know, similar type schools that are pretty much regulars in the NCAA tournament. That should be the goal. I understand that frustration. And then you have, I think, with the empty seats, the ambivalence factor where people are like, oh, I don't know. You want to go yeah. to the game? I'll try. Right. The height of Majerus for one year and then Jim Cruz for a couple. You would kill for tickets to the VCU game. You would oh. say, "Oh, who are they playing next? When's the next game?" Remember when Butler was in the league? That uh, Butler came to town once or twice, where it was electric in that building. Yeah, and you were killing for those seats. Yes, hey, I mentioned this too. I think I, I always forget at the outset what I mentioned, and then Brendan and I will wrap up and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't bring up any of that stuff." But <laughs> Nick Dunlap is the golfer. He yeah. plays at the University of Georgia. He won the Alabama. P- Alabama, I'm sorry, yes, Alabama, Nick Saban and Nick Dunlap. <laughs> um, he didn't get to keep the $1.5 million because he's an amateur. I was wondering, hey, is that an NIL thing? Because why can't he pocket the money? has nothing to do with that. It's a USGA right. title. Either you're a pro or you're an amateur. And once you're a pro, then you can't play college sports. So it has nothing to do with – because I was thinking that's not fair. If the quarterback can make $2 million, why can't the kid golfing make – a million and a half, but it's right. It's a domino effect. You can't obviously keep your amateur status if you've made correct. money as um, at a professional golf event. He's in an in, in, an interesting spot because he could theoretically earn some pretty good NIL money now with this win in his back pocket. Obviously, the college golf season just starting up, so he could make some money there. I think he does feel some loyalty to his Alabama teammates as the season just starts. Do you bail on them right now? Here's the thing. He could get the NIL money, and he still has his invite to the Masters regardless. That's in effect either via his win at the Amex or or via his win as uh, the U.S. Amateur Champion last year. So either way, he's going to Augusta, and he could make make his decision on his tour card, I believe, through the fall. That will remain out there. So he could could turn pro in the summer, have his tour card. He's eligible and exempt through 2026. All that remains the same. He could just hold off on accepting the tour card maybe until his college golf season is over. It is fascinating because college golf, you don't think of people throwing money like NIL, but a high-profile golfer who will occasionally be on the PGA Tour, isn't that an interesting way around amateur status on the golf tour? Hey, you can't accept any money, but he might be able to make a million bucks from Nike or Callaway or whoever. Really good point. He'll have some more starts if he wants them as an amateur on the tour and cash in on that NIL money, totally. Can you wear gear on the PGA Tour when you're an amateur, like where you're getting sponsor money. Yeah, you know? he did that over, I mean, he wore uh, Adidas So he was getting paid by Adidas. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, so. Because in the past, right, in the past, you would have to wear your collegiate gear. You weren't yeah. allowed to, to capitalize on that yet, but all of that has now changed through NIL, and um, I think he's already been able to profit a little bit off of it. All right, coming up tonight, I know we have basketball, Mizzou, and Texas A&M, a little uh, pre-show, you and Ben? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll break it down a little bit 
bit here for the next half hour. We also, um, as we record this, we don't know yet, but the Baseball Hall of Fame announcement is uh, is was just a little while ago, so we'll uh, have that. We know Matt Holliday's falling off the ballot, unfortunately, but we'll see who did make it. Maybe former Cardinal Carlos Beltran, although I don't think he's going to make it here on the first go. But uh, certainly some big names will be going to Cooperstown in the summer. All right, the Big Sports Show is coming up next later this week. Kevin Burkhart from Fox Sports.